0: Hey guys, David here and welcome to the FitPro Daily. This week is all about the ups and downs of running a successful fitness business. And there was no better way to start than inviting Sam Beagle on to give us an insight into how long it's taken him to finally get his very first studio and to give us an insight into some of the stuff that went well, that didn't go well and things that he had to work on. Anyway, before we do dive into today's guest interview, if you haven't already joined us inside our free Facebook group, head over to Facebook, search for FitPro Lead Gen with Dave, request to join and get access to even more guest interviews, downloads, guides, and so much more. Anyway, let's dive into this week's guest interview. Good afternoon, guys, and welcome to today's Fit Pro Daily Show. Today, we've got another guest interview. We have Sam all the way in Norfolk. Is that what you said, Sam? Northwood. 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 And how is everything with you? Because I'm actually in DK9 Fitness today, and this morning it was like minus one when I got yeah, here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the really same cool. now, yeah.
1: Yeah. So I'm lucky in Northwood here, I have underfloor heating, and the rates are ridiculously cheap. So it costs me about £100 a year to have heating on, and I can have it on wow. all the time but <laughs> the it is
0: coats hoodies thermal jumper hats. yeah everything. exactly right so
1: yeah this is like 350 square feet so it's a lot smaller the one in windsor which is 3,000 square feet is a warehouse probably similar to yourself where it's freezing right and when you're holding the bar you get stuck to the bar you know what i mean you have yeah, to right.
0: um, <laughs> and then the summer so, months comes and it's too hot yeah it's like oh we can't win
1: yeah exactly exactly you, you look in heating but you think like three or four months like it's it is it really the investment is it, is it worth it right you're there for five six years maybe longer depending on the lease um so as, yeah as you say right there's some time you can never win winter time you can never win
0: nice 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 okay so today for everyone that's kind of watching or tuning in or see the title we're going to talk a little bit about sh- opening the studios opening your gym uh and kind of just learning a little bit more about how to really succeed but so everyone has kind of an understanding. How did you kind of become a fit for and how did you kind of get into your studio where you are now? Then,
1: yeah. So it's been a long story. I'll kind of sum up in a in a short <laughs> in a short short uh, summary. But I opened up a studio in two thousand and thirteen. So uh, going back a number of years ago, almost ten years ago, I was uh, like a professional footballer before that, um, yeah. and I went semi professional, enjoyed the gym. So took like the six, six week course from the training room. Became a PT within 18 months I Was pretty successful in terms of having like a large amount of clients. I say, I guess that's what you measure su- success on, right. And the amount of hours you're doing. And so I left David Lloyd where I was for like a year. Um, and yeah, set my own kind of studio up in, in, uh, in slough. So it, it probably took me from leaving David Lloyd, maybe like another year before I had like a, a, enough members to move into the studio, knowing that I was still be in profit. 2013 to 2016, I was in a studio, just under 2,000 square feet. Um, We had about 130, 140 members by the end of the three years. So we just tried to renew the lease there. it's really difficult to do, as you know, right? Negotiating leases and and that kind of stuff is, it's not easy to do. And there's a lot of, yeah, a lot of back and forth, a lot of communication. Um, Just couldn't do it, unfortunately. They wanted us to buy a unit. We wanted to keep leasing it. Um, So I actually stopped for about, from 2016 to literally last year.
0: Oh, really? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I, 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 done one-to-one stuff. I moved away. So whether I was in Slough, um, basically, uh, it's, it's, it's not like it's quite a corrupt like county to you feel or, or council. So, uh, so where I was in 2016, the leads ran out of the unit. Uh, and what I found out was the local CrossFit had paid the council for me not to open up, a, open up another D2 facility around the area what so, yeah for, for three years and he was open about it the guy who runs crossfit was open about it he said look you're not gonna open up another space right here right anytime soon because i've got a three-year kind of hold on you <laughs> studio so uh so that kind of ended in 2019 i tried to open up another unit uh in cloud i would kind of moved out to where i am now this smaller place in northwood by that point um to live here basically so i was i was quite far away i'd say like half an hour 40 minutes away from that the slough facilities used to have um and over lockdown like was so 2019 i was trying to find another unit and then the council just kept rejecting it basically and you know you would go for licenses you change the license yeah, 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 yeah. the, the the guy who was running the the application asked me to basically asked me to pay fifteen thousand pounds to pass it through like himself like under the table like give me 15 grand and i'll do it for you and wow. i was just like there's no chance of doing that um having spoken to other people that are in the area, just different businesses, not purely fitness. They said, look, he'll ask you all every year, all the ends, keep draining money out of you. Um, so yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a nightmare. So that's 2019, that ended uh, trying to, with this like facility I was looking at. Luckily, obviously with, I don't know it's similar to where you are, but the E-class has kind of come about. So mm. w- with COVID, right? And I've moved to a different borough. So during lockdown, people from the 2013 to 2016 studio were like, Hey Sam, are you thinking about up another space? It's been locked down. I need to get back into fitness. Like what's the deal. And within literally two weeks of them messaging me, maybe like 40 people, I'd found the lease, agreed the lease or found the facility, agreed, uh, agreed the lease and practically was ready to move into like the space in Windsor. Now it's a different council, E-class, a lot easier. You could just move in. Right. So, um, so yeah, that's where we are today, basically. Now, with this place in Northwood and, and the biggest studio in, in Windsor.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just, just so people know, it is extremely difficult to get a change of use. So like when we were in Southampton at that point and we were searching everywhere to get a facility, like either the landlord didn't want to have mm. his facility changed or the council, or you can go for like a pre pre. Yeah. Kind of application to see yeah. if you if if it might get through, and most of them yeah. would come back as rejected. Or the ones that would be successful, they wanted something like four or five grand a month rent, and you just like, yeah, i just can't afford to pay anything like that. Yeah, no,
1: it was it was ridiculous, right? So so, and 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 it was really hard. At the end of, the end of 2016, when the lease finished in that studio, we were really lucky because we agreed at least in 2013, right, where I just moved in. Off myself, and I don't think the landlords—they just wanted to lease the unit. They didn't care who we went to. Yeah. 2013. Now people are a bit more streetwise. From 2015 onwards, it became a lot harder, as you mentioned, right? So, I have a spreadsheet from looking at facilities in 2015, knowing my leases was ending, to 2021. I have over 350 units I was looking at, like around the area. 300. A full spreadsheet of like going to places, calling them up, arranging a viewing. Can I make it? Will it work? And as you say, pretty much, three hundred fifty were rejected. Whether, and a lot of it is to do like um, with the noise they reckon you'll generate, the footfall, the traffic you'll have, uh, etc. Yeah, yeah. And that, and that was it. So with the space that we found in two thousand nineteen, I hired a I hired a uh, like a team, right? An, like an applicator, like a, well, application yeah, team. Yeah. So they put together, right? a 26 page dossier of how it, cause I knew it'd be difficult cause of knowing that CrossFit had paid for this thing and for me not to have another D2 license. So I knew it'd be difficult to get one anyway. So I paid this team say like they're a, th- a thousand pound they were mm-hmm. and to change the license over, was like a thousand or whatever at that point, I think it's like fourteen hundred fifty around our area. So, we paid this pre-pre-agreement. Hey, will it get accepted? Is it likely to get accepted? They're like, yeah, yeah, it'll get accepted. So we had this 26-page dossier we put together. Bus lines, like timetables, like when when people leave uh, Slough, the amount of footfall on each, literally each bus line. Who's taking a bus? How much, like how often they're taking it? The, the demographic of that person taking a bus. When people are likely to leave. When we're having, like, when we're having people into the studio. We have, like, in in that space there, there was... 55 car parking spaces and only two units were open. One was going to be ours. And another one was HSBC. Um, and so like 55 spaces, that's enough, right? They wanted us to have more, like, then it got rejected, right? This 26 pages off saying it wasn't detailed enough. And we're thinking, hold, hold on a second. Like then you, you, you can go online, right? You can see other change of uses and, and other applications that have gone through and they've got like one page like five lines, I would like to convert this and here's how it's going to work. Yeah. I was also like on 26 page, like train lines. Uh, it was unbelievable, like what this guy put together. And he got rejected because it wasn't detailed enough. They said, look, put another application in, Feel, put a few more pages in there in terms of, I don't know, like how this 5pm cast isn't going to, isn't going to screw up the T, like the T junction at whatever this intersection was. So we're like, is it worth it? So we ended up paying another like, so this, I'm not paying the applicator another lump sum, because like, look, you just need a few more pages. They're like, once you do that, you get accepted. <laughs> Twelve weeks later, you got rejected, and uh, and then the guy obviously asked for a pounds, like, to to pay him to accept it. But we were like, it w- it was ridiculous because there's there's a few gyms around the area, an easy gym at that point had set up maybe when we're going through this process, had set up about half a mile away, and this building was basically uh like run down and the council said to me like we're probably gonna like build up build it down build it down but then easy gym opened they're like oh that that's a silly amount of rent for it we'll just keep open for them their application got accepted within like 10 days wow. and it's just like <laughs> hold on a second like yeah it was it was it was a very frustrating like period of like almost uh you have like 12 weeks for each obviously license right so it's a period of like six months when obviously telling people that we're going to move into a studio and then it getting delayed and delayed and delayed. So yeah, ended up leaving that and leaving Slam entirely because it was just never going to work in that area. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, hence we moved to Windsor and it seems a little bit more like peaceful, a little bit more calm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But yeah, um, honestly, anybody watching this, this is kind of what it is a little bit like trying to get that first unit or oh. even the second unit. If you kind of stumble across the wrong council or the wrong owners or Nightmare. Yeah. It's just going to slow everything down. Yeah. It is
1: because we had we had obviously uh, history right of having a unit. We said, look, here's our unit. We've had it before three years. The landlord's obviously been paying our rent, been doing everything. There's been no like issue with traffic in the past, and that was even a that was in uh, like a a much more pop like densely populated area with with businesses and football. So we can like look. We know we can make it work. last chan chatting, chatting to Segro, who owned that lease, and Segro owned most of the property in Slough. And so they have a very good connection with Star Council, and uh, yeah, Segro are like, let's make it work, sort it out. But like, look, I'm telling you, I was calling them up to Segro, saying, look, can you talk to the council because they're not there? That's like, it's not happening, right? And they're like, no, 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 don't be so silly. Like, just get it done, and we'll approve it for you. And, like, Segro would technically approve it for the council because Segro wants it because Segro are I don't know, Segro this huge uh, property kind of management company, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, rent paid and yeah. done.
1: Yeah, even they can do it, right. So we're thinking like, where's this going? So you end up spending thousands of pounds going down this rabbit hole, knowing it's gonna. Well, I think it's gonna work. Obviously, I need to get rejected. Um, But it is like that. Like the three hundred and fifty units I did that before. It was just, it was unbelievable in terms of, yeah. Say it come in three spaces, and they're like, well, you said you you want four spaces at one time. I'm like, so four's too many. You, you like, it's one car parking space. Like, what's the issue? Do you know what I mean? It's just the really stupid stuff. <laughs> Because for them, like I didn't, you got to appreciate. For them, D two is like a, it's a twelve to sixteen week like change of license. But someone can move in there. who's like a storage warehouse. Move in there within yeah. two days. So not change. So they're thinking to themselves: they're losing three months of rent. They can get something right now. But we're saying to them: it's been sitting here for six months, completely free. Yeah. So what are the chance of someone going to move in, in the next two days?
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So you you had this. You've got this place in Windsor now. Then. How did you start pre-selling it? Because that would be a lot of questions that people have, especially people maybe who don't have an audience currently. Uh, Like you said, you were out of the game for a little bit, and now you're coming back into it. Yeah, you had a couple of people ask you about if you were setting up and you got this unit. But how were you pre-selling it? How were you getting interest and getting people actually bought into what you had coming? So
1: there wasn't much around Windsor, to be fair, in terms of. In terms of group training, like for the, for a large facility, 3000 square feet is quite a bolder statement, right? You've been out the game for like six years or five years. So 3000 square feet, is not cheap either, or especially on Windsor. So what I'd done basically was like, again, last spreadsheets, current spreadsheet of like my top 50 to hundred people that I had in the old studio that I knew potentially would want to come back. Um, although I hadn't spoke to them, some of them since 2015, 2014, perhaps when they left. I hope they had the still number so i, I don't think really stupid actually let's go back a little bit when the studio closed in 2016 i was so angry i deleted all my contacts basically and on my list so i had a list on my emails of about 10 to twelve thousand, clay- like collected over the last like three or four years having that studio and i deleted everything of that campaign i was just so angry with everything that's gone on like not getting a new lease obviously crossfit saying you can't have a d2 i was like well screw this i'm just gonna click cancel so that was something I would definitely not recommend doing. Right, save at least, save at least, keep it. But uh, you know, there's a few people on Facebook, you know, obviously uh, some people have dropped onto the email list since. So I had like 50 to 100 people that I was like, they you know, like the hot 100 list, like who can you contact? So I kind of, uh, whether it's a Facebook message, whether it's a text message, cause I've been keeping in contact since, um, or an email, if I send out like, the email address, everyone said, look, hey, I know it's been a number of years, but I think of open up a studio uh, within Windsor, I know it's not far from where you want to be very similar to previous times. I want to bring that family and community because a lot of people where we had before, like most people in here, like have that real kind of connection with their, with their mm-hmm. tribe, right? With, with, with their, uh, with their squad as such. So we kind of relate a little bit or, or push that a little bit with COVID coming around, like obviously, and, and people kind of like, being felt neglected, etc. I kind of pushed that kind of narrative a little bit more and like, Hey, let's get back together. Let's work together. Let's build a new fitness. Obviously it's been two years and maybe out of those a hundred, maybe 40, we basically got 40 people paying um, a year up front basically. So I said, look, the membership's going to be this, but if you wanted to sign it for a year, I'll do it for 750 pounds a one off payment for the year, rather than it being 149 pound a month. So for them, it's a huge discount, right? 1800 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, to 750 quid. So we had like 40 people literally uh, purchase that. Purchase I think it's like ended up being like 37, 38 people. So that kind of gave us the deposit, gave us buy in for the studio, sorting out a few bits and bobs. So the deposit on the studio for that size was 20 grand. Um, And then the equipment was like 40,000 pounds, but I put like five grand deposit down on that. And then it was like five to 10 grand, thousand pounds worth of stuff to do in the studio itself, like obviously flooring, lighting, that kind of stuff. It wasn't, it was just a shell because it's it was like a, a newly kind of converted unit basically from one massive unit. It was kind of, it was kind of, like, uh, was kind of uh, put into four mm-hmm. different yeah. units basically. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: So it was just an absolute shell. So we ended up spending like five or so thousand pounds putting the electrics in and the flooring and reception area, like water, bits and mobs like that. And that's literally how it started. It was just a phone call, a WhatsApp message or a Facebook message saying, look, Hey, where do you stand? Like, do you want to be part of something going forward? And that was it to hear. And then it was a case of them saying, yes, that's amazing to them suddenly going awesome. Do you know anyone else that would want to jump on the, like jump on the bandwagon? If you do, I'll knock you, i would knock another 50 quid off if they wanted to sign up at the same rate. Um, and then once I got like, once you have like 20, 30 people, like put that down you think, okay, this could be something, right. This looks like it could be um, something that I guess a lot of people want. From that, I then started doing the Facebook adverts to like the local community, uh, basically. So around our area, Long Walk, you've got Windsor Castle, right? So it's just basically being in front of Windsor Castle on the Long Walk, which is a really kind of well-known uh, path to, to uh, Windsor Castle, where I stood in front of, and it just it just made people stop on their Facebook. So you probably ended up spending uh maybe like a thousand pounds on that um and yeah it was 149 pounds for 30 days basically is what is what people paid so those and signed up for the year then after we had that deposit and that money that we put towards the studio we then started taking like 30 day kind of deposits basically um 149 pound and we got quite a few on that um so yeah now basically we're at like 90 something members basically right now so uh yeah after that 30 days we then come on we then kind of convert them to either pay month to month or three, six and 12 month contracts.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. yeah,
1: And some people off those eight, first eight days, we gave them a deal and said, look, do you want to pay up front? Um, again, the first like three or four months we were there, they we said to people, look, do you want to pay up front for the year after 30 days a thousand pounds? They're like, yeah, sweet. I'll do that for the year. And then we had obviously a few people do that, not many, but a few people do that. Can I just put like cash in our pocket, basically to spend towards Facebook advertising again. Um, and that's kind of generally how it snowballed. It was just chatting to people and seeing where they're at. Some people literally I was on Facebook Messenger and the last time I spoke to them was November, 2015. And then I'm obviously contacting them in May, 2021. So it's kind of weird. I felt bad, obviously not chatting to them for long, but still there's people like, yeah, I'll pay 750, 750 quid cause they, they knew what it was like back in the day. So yeah, it was crazy. Like it gave you huge confidence, I guess. Um, yeah and believe that it could work, right? Because it's been that amount of time and they're willing to put some 50 down.
0: Now, some great ideas there, especially like the initial cash injection. Did you have a set number of people you wanted to get signed up for the year to of interest so you knew, you know what, this, is, this could work?
1: Yeah, 20 people. I was like, if I could get 20 people, considering I haven't spoken to that many people in the past, like six, seven years or whatever it may be, I was like, if I can get 20 people, then it will work, right? And I'll trust myself. I will work hard enough to get the other whatever amount of people in. We have a space of 220 people basically in the studio
0: hmm.
1: um, in Minster. So we're at 100 now. So we've been open for like seven months. We opened up basically like June the 1st kind of thing. Um, so, so, yeah, I was like, if I can get 20 people, I know I can get another 200, if that makes sense, like going forward. Um, but I ended up doing a little bit more now, which is anything was a bonus. I had obviously cash behind me, but I didn't want to use my own cash. I wanted to use obviously stuff that was coming at the yeah, start.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, is there a certain point where you thought, you know what, I can't be taking too much upfront cash because that will kind of mess up my uh, money management? Kind of your. Yeah, of,
1: about six weeks ago.
0: Yeah. So,
1: yeah, because everyone at the end of 30 days, everyone said, I, I like it. 149 is expensive. What can do for me for a year? And I was like, well, it's like 1800 pounds now for like the year kind of thing, or, or whatever we paid. But at 149, it's times 12. That's the yearly rate, right? So, we said, look, if you want to. Do it and take like twenty five percent off. Like, let's do that. Um, Which quite a lot of people did. Yeah, hundred percent. If I went back, I wouldn't. I wouldn't push that so much. If you know what I mean. Um, yeah, because I'd say like we probably got. I'd say not not, not many, but like probably a fair amount of paid up front for the year. Although it doesn't. It helps, but at the same time, like May time and June time, it's not that far away anyway. So we know, like, going forward next year, like this time, May time and June time, if we've done it right we probably have like another 40,000 pound coming in. If you know what I mean, if they mm-hmm. pay up front of the year again, I said to them, if you keep paying up year to year, like we'll never increase. Probably, if you stop paying month to month, then it'll go back to normal rate.
0: Yeah, um, yeah.
1: As I can kind of thank you. Right. So yeah, I'd imagine we have that kind of amount coming in May time and due time, which again helps as well going forward. Um, So there's a little bit to it, right. As you say, but you still got think maybe if you, if you do well enough, you've still got the money coming in regardless. It hasn't just completely gone.
0: Cool. Okay, so we've we've uh we've searched, we found, we've located the unit, we've got all the contracts signed, we've found enough people to show interest to actually want to pay for it. You've bought all the equipment and stuff. So let's focus away from generating leads and making the sales. Mm. What other things do people really need when it comes to actually opening a studio? Then staff, one hundred percent, you need staff, right? If it's if it's big enough, um, staff. Like we looked
1: at indeed, we had two really good coaches to start with. I think one wasn't really um, the right fit going forward. So they left like a little while they left maybe, uh, two months ago now. Um, cause like, you know, when, when you run a studio at the start, it's, it's hard to really kind of get it. If people haven't, or don't know your identity, like coaches don't know your identity, it's very hard to like, at the very start, especially if you're not there all the time. Right. Cause don't forget I'm, I was in Norford like 30 hours a week doing one-to-one sessions here. So I was trying to manage both. Um, and that's kind of where like, the systems come in play as well. So writing things down that like, we have like a an onboarding process, writing things down in terms of like how you want sessions to run, how you want people to be interacted with um, the kind of ethos of the studio. I think it's important, like, I think what helped at the very start was having members who'd been in the, in the previous studio coming back in. Cause they kind of speaking to them, it was more a case of look, coaches are brand new to ufit and, and where we're at right now is there a way that you can kind of help them understand our ethos and, and how we're meant to be as coaches i know we'd obviously changed since then but I, they understood the family they understood the concept of of ufit as such um so they helped our kind of coaches settle so the systems behind it basically obviously how sessions are run the timings of sessions the, the type of sessions how you coach them uh, the types of, even little details like the names of the workouts and the names, the exercises and the coaching cues of each one because like what one coach says or another coach says, you don't want it to be completely different. Someone might call it a uh, roster, someone might call it a man karma, someone might call it whatever it may be. So we want a kind of congruency, like congruency, yeah. sorry, between them um, all. Those kind of common systems, right? So understanding and just writing things down, like I'm very detailed in terms of systems. Like I have everything laid out. Cause I knew that I wasn't gonna be get as much. Um, so I wanted every eventuality like to be laid out. So I used like Notion, which is like a free app, and that ended up being like the kind of playbook for us basically in terms of progressions, progressions. Um, on top of that, like we had even before the lease, like we had like like the sisters basically go in to do the lease for us. I made a previous mistake in the pre in the other unit. So I went to so in the 2013 to 2016 unit, I went to court over it basically, because we had a lot of leaks and and floods and damages within that previous unit. And the lease was in my name. It wasn't in company name. And I don't know if you've been in that situation before, but it's an absolute nightmare if it's in your name, because everything falls on your head. It does with with it being in a limited company, but less so. So at the end of the, in 2016, we had a flood about two days before the uh, uh, dilapidations kind of came through. And so the survey came around and said, like, everything's wrecked, you owe us 45,000 pounds to replace it. And we're like, well, hold on a second, it's flood damages from the unit uh ceiling, right? From the roof that you're liable for. And so end up being like a two. So from 2016 to 2018, I was in this court battle with uh with the landlords basically for about 40 worth a thousand pounds worth of like damages. So I'm like, I'm not paying it kind of thing, it's hassle, etc. And so we end up going to court. March, 2018. Um, and I walked away with a 900 pound, basically uh, bill to pay for some part of painting. So I kind of walked away very lucky that I only had to pay 900 pound, not 40,000 pounds. Um, so yeah, putting the lease in your name, having solicitors do it for you rather than doing it yourself, like getting everything when you're doing the lease, like getting like checks in, like water and land checks stuff like that, making sure that's all legit and, and, and dusted off. There's no kind of, um, just so when you get into the unit there's unforeseen circumstances that may arise. Um, From that having systems in place, getting the coaches in place is going to be really important. Um, Obviously understanding the structure of the workouts and the timings of the workouts, getting the coaches comfortable within that environment and how they interact with members is really important. Um, There's so much you need to do, right? I don't think people realize, I think it's a very kind of ego driven kind of uh, Mindset, right? Having a facility just makes people feel good, right? And you say, "Oh, I've got three thousand square feet." And gmos when they chat to each other, like they're always like, "Oh, my facility is five thousand. Oh, now it's three thousand. Oh, now it's two thousand square feet." I think everyone—I don't know—I I might be wrong here, but it seems like a lot of people like enjoy that aspect of it, saying how big their studio is and that and that kind of stuff. Whereas, like people forget little things. If a coach is ill on a Tuesday morning, right, at six AM and everything's done and they message you at 5 a.m. in the morning and you think, oh, I've got four sessions back to pack, right? <laughs> like, what's going to happen now? Um, or it's those little stuff that people forget, like even just small details of like a toilet and like make those like legit and tidy and there's like toilet roll, there's there's cleaning products there, ordering that kind of stuff, understanding where you're getting it from. Um, yeah, it's not just a case of like you open up studio, people come to sessions and, and kind of leave, as you know, right? There's so much more to it behind that. Um, you it make an open
0: in the studio it's super attractive here Sam yeah i
1: know i, know. I think you're oh, holding yeah but but obviously like the this space in northern right i, I guess that like, the reason why i wanted the space is because there's as you know right there's a certain feel there's a certain appreciation for having a studio having people in it there's that you you've it's really hard to find elsewhere like when you come in six in the morning whether it may be 7pm and evening, having like 10 to 12 people in the workout, pushing it through that kind of atmosphere, that kind of uh, environment is so stimulating as a coach. And you you just never get tired of doing it. You never get tired. Um, regardless if you're doing like 10 to 15 sessions a day, you just, it just makes you feel good. I don't know. It just kind of, it just fuels me, uh, fuels you. It fuels, uh, fuels me anyway. so in a way. So this case, one-to-one wins uh, in Northwood right now is absolutely fine, right? But, they're just a bit behind it, I'm thinking, Hey, I could do more here. Do you know what I mean? I could do more. Um and knowing of how that previous should have felt, I've always wanted to go back and open another studio and make it a little bit better than them I I used to joke literally with with my fiance, I used to walk class places on the high street or wherever, and I'd be like, That'd be a good place for a studio, wouldn't it? I'd be like, <laughs> and I'd be walking on the high street and I'd see that place and I'd be like, you know what you could do that there, you could do that, you could do that, you could bring this in, you could do that. Um And Helen was just like, Sam, shut up. Like literally (laughs) move on with it. Um, So it took six years to kind of get that space back again. And she's probably thinking like, what the hell? Um, But yeah, even like little things like signage, obviously having reception, taking payments, little things that have an assistant behind it. So we use go team up. I don't know if you use something similar um, going back to what you need uh, in the studio, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of work to be done. Right. I've, i think i will create like uh, i checked this right but everything is, needs to be done for it yeah. and it's like literally like 250 250 things long it's just like, I'm like, like you know, yeah, yeah.
0: moving forwards then what they found the unit they found their base of clients they've got this massive 250 250 item tick list ticked off what is the next step moving forward then to really developing and getting the studio to i don't know 80 90 capacity and making sure it's actually it's turning over a profit the main thing
1: yeah It customer experience in and day i think it's important to appreciate the people that are in front of you i think a lot of times we shoot for the people that are we more members we need more members and we just will constantly just disregard those in front of us and we'll look for those over there and we like oh we need you like come in whereas like i think if you really treat the the clients that we have and the members that we have really well and just treat them as people treat them as friends as family that mm. goes a long way because at the they like if you've got five people coming in but five people leaving you're never going to grow but if you've got those those people staying in there and maybe you're like your retention rate is 95 98 you know you've got a pretty good model there right and then you can t- kind of add a few more people here and there we have a limit of the amount of people that we kind of bring in a month because we don't want to disrupt the harmony of the kind of yeah group, right and if we've got 25 people coming in a month it's like super difficult because you've got so we have like a process for each member like that comes aboard, sending welcome cards, um, personalised interest guides, phone calls, etc. So there's a lot to do for each member. It's not just a case of like you come in, forget about you, next person. I think that's where I think perhaps Sam,
0: you you can't say this because all those marketing gurus that say I yes. can fill your gym with, with ninety clients in the next two weeks, they're going to be very disappointed that you're saying this. Yeah.
1: I know it's uh I, I it, Facebook and Instagram all the time on my Instagram feed is just constantly like, oh, let's go to your gym, let's grow your gym, 90 new members in 30 days. I'm like, <laughs> that's fine, but you'll have 90 new members every 30 days thereafter, right? You'll need them all again because
0: um on onboarding, on it's hard. Here we say five a week. As long as we can take five a week on and we don't lose five a week, we're happy because we're always moving forwards. But onboarding, let's say five a week. That's, that's maybe 20 consultate or 20 leads that you've got to chase down to then get booked in, to then signed up, which is the five. Then you've got the, the welcome packs that we give them, then the yeah. initial boarding sessions, then their text message every single week, then the client check-in and all this. You know what I mean? Uh,
1: there's way too much. Yeah, it's not just someone coming on board, right? So I think, yeah, as you say, having that, sounds like you've got a great system there, right? Um, and I think, like, perhaps when you're to the point of having, like, have that profit etc you can understand like okay look I've got those people I've got I've got these people come in which is maybe like five or five or 20 a month maybe and I'm keeping these people once you have that profit I think you can start to experiment and add like maybe a t-shirt or welcome back to the kind of like when they come on board right but maybe at the very start it's a bit difficult because your margins aren't so great right
0: yeah Um, yeah.
1: growing so yeah I, I know people like I see I get emails right and it's like this person's had 80 new members in 30 days I'm like that's fine. But like, are those 80 people really gonna get seen? Given, uh, been given attention? Feel special? Like, we we recently laid out like so we have like an end of year review right for our members. So maybe like half of them filled out, like 48 people I think filled out, and it was the question, it was like, do you feel the value part? Do you feel the value part of you fit? Like yes or no. Like if not, why not? But and there's like a lot of questions that we had based based off that kind of stuff, right? Their experience, how they felt. Uh, Did they feel like they were coached? Did they feel like we actually knew them as a person? I think out of the 48, only one person said like, not sure, but they'd only been there for like the first two weeks. So I'm guessing. why, Right. right? Um,
0: But then that's an indication, maybe like the, that initial two week period, the onboardings, most people think like the onboarding is just that first or second session, but I don't know, like our programs, it's six weeks, then into monthly. So our onboarding process is six weeks long. We've got six weeks to convince them to stay. So when someone's saying, yeah, I can get you eight, 80 new clients this month, fantastic, great, wonderful. But then if not even like 10% of those people stay on, then you you need to go and buy it. You need to find another 80 clients again to try and replace. You, like, you're constantly chasing. You just lost. Yeah. yeah,
1: you're constantly chasing, right? You're constantly chasing. I think like stepping away from that because I, I – I... I'd say that in the mindset at the very start, right? I was like, I need to get new members and get new members. And I was like, well, hold on a second, like, let's slow down a little mm-hmm. bit. Like we didn't really lose many members to be fair at like, the very start COVID. We had a few people pause like over December just cause of COVID issues and, and, and not sure if they mm-hmm. like felt safe, etc. which is totally fine. We have no issue with that. Um, but our retention rate is pretty strong in a the month on thesis, just cause we want to get to know them. Like we just know them as person, right. We have an onboarding process. We have like a chat at the very start, welcome cards, gifts, etc like a pre-season the very first workout they kind of come to um and then we kind of chat and engage them so ours is 30 days long not six weeks right but um it takes time like also as well we have like four or five coaches right and and for that person like to go into a workout with say joel and then go back up go have a workout with steven want the same experience like i want steven to understand if he's not doing the the first workout i want joel to explain like how karen's doing in her like how's a squat pattern? How's a hinge pattern? How's a whatever may be? So Stephen comes in and he's like, hey, Karen, do you know what? Like I know Joel mentioned, we got this today instead of that. Like it's really going to help you X, Y, and Z moving forward. Little things that make a big difference. And that takes like time behind the scenes. It's not just a case of you jumping into a workout and then Stephen going, oh, sorry, haven't met you before. What's your name? Like it doesn't sound great, right? And it doesn't, for me, doesn't sit very well. Um, So yeah, it's like one hour person, like face-to-face is like two hours behind the scenes, right? Trying
0: yeah, yeah. to we, we, we have our staff meeting every Monday. And unfortunately, even though I don't really do much with Econ fitness, I sat here today and they went through almost every single client on the sheet and they all like, oh, how's this person? Have you seen this person? How are we getting on? And it's what I mean, the clients don't see this stuff. Other fit pros don't see this stuff, but this is the no. stuff which like, we've been open almost four years now. We've had people literally stay with us the whole four years, all through lockdown, paid every single month because of this extra work outside of the sessions that you do yeah. to make sure they just want to stay. Um, yeah, cool. I okay, think- so carry on. Sorry.
1: No, sorry, just quickly. I think that helped, right? I think we've done that really well in the previous studio. Well, it kind of shows we did because those people came back and it'd been like yeah, five, yeah. six years we wanted to carry on, right? I think that's really like, yeah, that hard work back then, like, definitely paid dividends now.
0: Because there's, there's one thing we have in our core values. We've got uh, is it five or six core values we have. And one of the things is to make sure that the session here is as much of the best part of their hour of the day than any other period they have during the day. And that's mm-hmm. like you say, you know when your clients inside out, our clients are over 30s, they're busy, they work full time, they've got kids, they probably hate their job, they probably have arguments at home, everything. So we want to make sure that the 45 minutes to an hour here they have is the best 45 yeah, minutes a day
1: the best four percent right like if it's now it's four percent in a day right like what can you do to make it the best four percent like little things, you know like understanding and knowing like unfortunately one of our members um their dog died on christmas eve or, or day before christmas eve they still came to work out like christmas eve in the morning um but they're sending them like card red maybe or yeah, a bunch yeah, of a yeah. like hey, little things that are like it just doesn't happen. Even members that have left in the past, we send them a card in that and say, Hey, look, thanks a lot for like, coming. really appreciate your time with us. Um, hopefully we we'll are giving you X, Y, Z in the future and giving you like a, a boost going forward. If you know what I mean? Um, just saying you appreciate them, right. And you actually know them as a person goes a long way. I think, um, we had like, uh, in the first like three months of like every three months, we had, like a little bit of a review, a feedback on the, mm-hmm. how, what we're doing as, as a team and that. And, some clients came across from like another leisure facility nearby and they've always put in requests. It's a little bit different. It's a campus gym, et cetera. Like it's not a, a, a PT studio or such, but they said they've been there for like nine years and then they've always asked for like certain things it's never been done. And then we had the, the feedback come in and within I think the first three months and we had like a few things that, Hey, can you buy more of this? Or can we add this into it? And we kind of implement three things. And Everyone was like, well, you asked us and you actually done it. Like oh, yeah, yeah. oh okay, I didn't know that was a thing. Right, we're not used to that happening. We're not we're used to asking and it just not just not going anywhere. Um, oh,
0: I, I love those ones because we usually get stupid ones like oh, can we have a jacuzzi? It's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well we can put a jacuzzi in here. <laughs> as much as I'd love yeah. to get one, oh, which can't fit a jacuzzi. In. Yeah,
1: you can't please everyone.
0: Okay, cool. So to finish off, have you got any final tips or anything for people looking to open, or people to progress, or people to really move on with their current studios and stuff that you can think of?
1: I think like understand who you are and who you want to coach. Understand your niche. I think sometimes we try to attract everyone into them, and we try to and we we try and diversify what we do and like dilute almost what we do. So for everyone, like definitely don't do that. I don't think like understanding who you're your, your markets and your niches and, and, really kind of working towards them would be the most beneficial thing. Right. Cause you get known for that. Mm. Um, if you're fat or sports performance and injury rehab and this and that, whatever, you just end up doing everything, but not doing it well. Um, listening to your core values, as you mentioned earlier, right? Like really understanding, are we actually driving through with our core values and our mission? Like, are we actually on path of things that we want to say, right? And the things that we want to do as much as we want our clients to do, are we showing ourselves? because um, clients listen to you and they respond to you and they'll see what you do on a day-to-day basis and, and they'll form an opinion on that. So definitely kind of respect your own core values, make sure your team follow through with them um, is important. And just really focus on your new clients like, and just understand and get to know them, see if you can uh, find ways to enhance experience, ask them questions, right, and get the answers and, and actually act on them as well rather than just taking on board, actually act on it as well. Um would be important. But I think as well, just be patient, I think, as well. Like if you want a studio or whatever it may be, like just be patient. Like I looked at so many, like I said, 350 units, and there's so many I've could have gone for and obviously it didn't ever work out in the end. But it took like six years to get one, right? And it took me 350 different times to get one. Like so it takes a long time. It doesn't just happen at the first like one or two months or three months. Definitely just slow down, be patient uh, understand what you want to do and just, just reach out to people. Like yeah, I think yeah. I'll have a conversation and be like, Hey, is there something you want to be part of if you are open, looking to open up a studio, talk to your current members, see how far it is from their own home. If you know what I mean? Like I done not Google map, like remember putting all the addresses of where everyone was I was chatting to and it was like, Oh, well, how far away is the studio from there?" end up being like less than five miles away. And I was like, this is a pretty good location then." Um, so yeah, there's a, yeah, there's a, I don't know, I'm probably Ramming out but there's a lot to it right then yeah. that you could do so yeah you just have to i guess work hard be prepared for long hours be prepared to go over the top few members um and like you, you've been there for four years right you understand it doesn't didn't happen the first like first three months but it happened on like year three year four
0: i can give five. a perfect example we were in southampton and we couldn't find a unit and then we were looking on UKPT's Facebook group one day, and someone said they were giving up their unit in Cardiff, so drove up to Cardiff two hours to get the unit. Yeah, so you know I mean, this is what well, it kind of takes sometimes to find a unit. Yeah, you got six years for Sam, me traveling two hours to literally relocate to move DK9 to get the studio. It it it's not always as straightforward. But Sam, I appreciate you coming on today. Lots of lots of information. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, whoa, where do I stand now? Yeah, that would you say 250 point list of things that you needed to have and everything um so yeah definitely a lot of things to cover so for anybody that was or is watching this now or in the future type of thing if they wanted to kind of just maybe just discover some of those points that you did mention where could people reach out and have a chat with you
1: um yeah good question so uh i have like a so you actually see my website it's just ufitwinsor.co.uk so it's ufitwinsor.co.uk um that's like the the place of windsor you can kind of see the studio and, and look at what we do there but the best place to place, probably contact me is info at sam beagle just my name sam beagle.co.uk um i have my own personal website for this place in north which is just sam K. so probably best to email me like i said info at sam Inbox. <laughs> yeah well it'd be cool like yeah. i had a few members uh, a few pts reach out to the place in windsor i just wanted to know how to get started so yeah, always open, um, it's nice, right? Because I've, I've been in that situation before trying to find a unit, looking to start, etc. I wish I had someone or something to actually like have a chat to, bounce ideas yeah, off. So yeah, yeah. I know it's a difficult space to be in.
0: No way, Sam. Appreciate your time. Say so thanks for coming on, and hopefully, we'll get you on maybe in a year's time and see how far you've progressed. Yeah, um, thanks, to you, man. thanks a lot, bud. See you to Speech later. Bye bye. So that was Sam Beagle giving us an insight into what it was like to run his very own fitness business and how long it's really taken him to find a studio. So if things are not going as expected or things are not moving as fast as you really want them to be, do learn from some of the stuff stuff that Sam was talking about. Do learn from some of the stuff I mentioned in that episode too. It's not always super quick and easy. There is times where you do have to be changing, working and pushing forward to make sure that you're moving at the pace that you want to go at. I'm going to leave it there for today. Tomorrow I've got five tips coming your way. But for now, I'll speak to you all tomorrow. Cheers.